Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, folks, this is the Sky Shout Radio Podcast, community caller. We're on this morning for our special interview with uh, Shanna Tucker, and we're hoping that uh, uh, you're excited like I'm excited for this great interview that we're going to be conducting here in just a few moments. Um, little bit of, a little bit of background while we're having this special interview. Um, Shanna is coming to Aiken, South Carolina, to do a two-night performance at the AECOM Performing Arts Center in downtown Aiken, South Carolina, beautiful area in, in Aiken, South Carolina. If you've never been here, uh, it's a lovely venue, um, very intimate setting uh, at the AECOM uh, Performing Arts Center. Uh, I am looking forward to a, a fabulous show. Um, if you haven't checked out any of her music, now is a great time to. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about her music. We're going to talk to her. Uh, about her career and and some of the things that she's doing right now. I know she's touring across the country. Yeah, she has some a, a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of dates for shows across the country. So uh, uh, I hope you guys are going to catch this uh, great interview. Um, uh, let's bring Shanna in and kick off this this fabulous interview. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing just fine. That's great. Glad to have you. Glad to have you here on the show. And uh, uh, we're gonna we want to get started. And I hope that uh, uh, you're you're doing well and uh, you're you're letting your voice rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I am doing well, and uh, I am trying to. You know, I, I love kids, um, and I work do a lot of work as a teaching artist. And this past week, um, I was in uh, Apex, North Carolina, at um, Laurel Park Elementary School, and I saw uh, over the course of four days about uh, close to 500 kids um, in different classes. And we had so much fun, and I was um, singing with them, and I brought my loop station, and we were sort of layering vocals, and it occurred to me on, like, day three that, A, there's this crazy flu epidemic going on, and, B, kids have super germs. <laughs> like, their germs are, like, germs on steroids. So I was like, hmm, I have a bazillion shows in February. I should probably... Get out of here. Maybe, <laughs> I should probably maybe just make sure that I you know, just sort of de 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 what do you um how do you call it? you de um what do you de, not desanitize. You know, I had to like I had to like get into that chamber where you like get all of the germs off. Of, oh know, my like, goodness. Sure that I, yeah. But they but it is fine. Like yes, I am no I'm not resting my voice, but B I oh yes, I am definitely trying to stay healthy and wealthy and wise so that I can make it out to beautiful Aiken. Uh, on the first and the, and the second, the first and the second. Wow, <laughs> is this your first time coming to Aiken? Because a lot of yes. folks come here for the first time and they fall in love with our community. So, is this your first I time? I keep hearing, yeah, it is my first time, and I just keep hearing from people that are like, "Oh, have you ever been to Aiken?" And I'm like, "No," and they're like, "You're gonna fall, you're gonna fall in love. It's beautiful, and you're not gonna want to leave." So, I'm really happy that we're there on on Thursday and Friday. And then we'll have a little time on Friday just to explore and see what's going on. Well, the community is a great community. We're we're in the midst of a growth spurt in the community, and I tell you what, uh, one thing that's happening is that the community is bringing a lot more diverse entertainment for us to enjoy. Um, right. I discover I discovered you through um, some advertisements, and I also discovered you because I was uptown. 
at, at uh, on Newberry Street, which is where the AECOM Performing Arts Center is located, which is a nice, uh-huh. quaint area. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a church across the street, St. John's uh, Methodist Church, and they have this old um, bell that rings all the time at, at every hour on the hour, mm-hmm. and it makes you think of old times. You know, you're, you're somewhere yeah. in, in England or something. It's a great area well, to we- be in. I can't wait to see, like, because um, I grew up in a kind of a small town, relatively speaking. I grew up on Long Island in New York. But there's um, there are a lot of similarities in the towns on Long Island. Like, we would call it the village. Like, we, when my great-grandmother would have to go to the bank or, like, run her errands or go to the to the five and dime. Who said that? Because we don't have five and dimes anymore. <laughs> but she would like have to go to, you know, she'd say, we, let's go, we got to go into the village. And it was, you know, that whole beautiful, there was a, there was a bell, not a tower, but there was, yeah, there's a, um, uh, uh, um, there were several churches that rang on the hour um, or on the quarter of the hour or whatever. And so one of the things that I love about the South is that it's not it 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 hasn't disappeared fully. Um, some 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 towns are a little bit more um, forgotten than others, but I feel like overall, um, going into town and this the concept of that whole quaint back in the day is really experiencing a resurgence, and people are are starting to value it again in a different oh, yeah. way. I, I think yeah. I think I think we're going through a little change, uh, very little change in the area. I've been. I left uh, for military service. I was gone for about maybe three and a half years. Came back mm-hmm. home. I was stationed in Charleston, South Carolina, for 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 almost about uh, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to drive home and then come back to work. So it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Charleston is a beautiful area uh, of South Carolina too. So I kind of was torn. It's about maybe an hour from Aiken. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, due east, and okay. uh, it's a beautiful drive. You have to have to take the opportunity to drive. You can drive the, yeah. whole, the, the whole way on back roads and and just oh, kind of nice. do, yeah, do a discovery of, of South Carolina that way. I, I always recommend um, to all my friends, take some of the back roads and go, you know, and just explore a little bit. You can kind of see, yeah. see, the, see the state that, that way. Well, we yeah. want to talk a little bit about... Uh, about about your music career and 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 and, the, and, and some of the some of the uh, uh, musical influences. Since you speak of the South so much uh, and the love of the South, was some of your musical influence from the South? Um, <laughs> I'd have to think about where some of these artists that I grew up listening to are from. Um, I think the short answer would be. Not necessarily, um, because I wasn't really aware of the South as a, I'm like doing the quote fingers, the South as a concept, as an idea, as a reality, until um, until I became an adult and um, was coming down, like, again, growing up in New York, we had a lot of people who were from the South um, or whose parents, grandparents from the South, and every summer, some of my friends would leave for the whole summer and they would go down south right um i didn't i didn't have a southern connection um in that way um but what i did realize as an adult um my son's father's uh, family is from north carolina and that's how i came to uh settle down um in north carolina is just from coming down for family reunions and taking those back roads to Goldsboro and Smithfield and, you know, um, seeing and, and, and smelling and feeling just how fresh and beautiful and clean and clear um, the South is. And also realizing that there's so much tradition that's tied up in everything, you know, like, so if I, if it's, it, it's not so much, it was a novelty to me, but like just driving through back roads and seeing um, certain parts of the year, there's like all this greenery, and I'm thinking, oh, some type of green, you know, <laughs> collard or kale, or I don't know, because I've only seen it in the supermarket, right? 
But then it's like, no, no, that's tobacco. And I'm like, what? This, what? Or, or I'd see something that looks like it should be green, but it's yellow. And I'm like, what is that? And, and you know, oh, that's tobacco. And I'm like, what? wait, did you smoke? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. It's like the oh, first yeah. time I saw a cotton field and just how beautiful cotton is, but then just remembering the history um, of just yes. black history, American history, you know, the, 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 the way that something so beautiful and so fluffy and so light can, at, at other, you know, like the realities of it, at least in this country, can be so heavy and unpleasant and uh, fatal. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. And then, and then the concept of red clay. <laughs> like the, the first house we bought, I was so excited. I was like, ooh, this is great. And it's like maybe like, you know, point something of an acre. But I was like, it has acre on it. That means we have land. This is great. Yes. And then you, know, you, you, had, of, a, you had a space. You had a space. Yeah. There's something about it, you know, that, that you, when you – when you have something that says acre on it, you want to be <laughs> okay. Uh, I know, yeah. I'm standing on what I uh, what I purchased. This right. this is my spot. <laughs> this is my stake. I got it right. But then, well, you got a chance. You got a chance to see North Carolina from an agricultural aspect. Yeah. What about what about from a religious aspect? Because churches, churches, churches are are cornerstone in the South. So you had to you had to explore the churches. So what was your well, experience with church? Um, church, well, okay, again, from a visual standpoint, to be driving and driving and driving and all of a sudden church. And not like, you know, not big or storefront, but like you go around the bend and there's this chapel, right? And you don't know unless you see people coming out of it. You don't know if it's, if it's still a functioning church or... You don't know uh, if it's just been there forever and maybe they moved down the street or, you know, that's a historical place or <clears throat> you don't know if the congregation, um, what the congregation looks like, um, you know, meaning is it a black church or is it a white church? It's not, you can't, you can't tell uh, just by looking at it the way I think it's sometimes a little bit more evident, or at least it has been for me in the in living, you know, in New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then being a musician um, and playing in, the, getting called for a lot of weddings. Um, oh yeah. Like you know the seasons are summertime is weddings, and um, then Christmas is the Messiah. Um, and sometimes um, some churches will have Easter services as well. Um, but it's, you know, it, it is, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing, thing to, to hear how the music um, manifests um, when there's an organist, when there's not an organist, when everybody's singing one um, melody and just like sticking to it in classic hymn style versus, Right, you know right. the organists don't read music, so we just gonna play what a friend we have in Jesus, and then it's all this. <laughs> <you know. laughs> and then I, I come from oh I God. come from the I come from the hymn raising side of of Southern gospel music, mm-hmm. and my father is is probably a a as I always say I say Daddy I need to get your voice on a recording because. There are very few people who can raise hymns anymore, and so um, um, my home church is 143 years old, mm-hmm. and the, from my childhood up until this point, they still raise hymns, senior choir mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. and it's a very it's very moving to hear hymns being raised without music, and mm-hmm. then the the, mm-hmm. the the unison of voices, which is mm-hmm. which is something that throws you back to the time of slavery and to the time of of a young America, a young America that wasn't influenced by what it's being influenced by now, um, yeah. a young black America in, in shackles uh, who their only way out was to praise God and ask God for freedom. And so mm. that's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear hymns like that. Um, mm-hmm. You go to you go to progressive churches, and you don't 
necessarily hear hymn music. You hear more of the updated version of music, of gospel music, southern gospel music. Um, I have a friend of mine who's a bishop, and he sings is he sings more on the countryside. It's a little bit of country, a little bit of R&B flair mixed together, and it's a blend. I call it gospel R&B. Actually, it's a it it sounds that way to me, um, but it's appealing. It's appealing music. So, how, how do you feel about the the influence of gospel music, in in, in the areas like jazz, R&B? Uh, uh, even contemporary uh, uh, soft rock music, you can you can hear those tones of gospel music in it. Well, I um, I don't listen to a lot of gospel music actually, um, so I don't I can't necessarily speak from a from a uh, trusted source of this is where I hear and how I hear gospel music um, in jazz. Um, I think. I can say just from a music historical standpoint um, and just learning, you know, going to school to be a musician and um, living life as a musician and, and, you know, culturally as a black woman, um, excuse me, this is undeniable that there are life, when I say life influences, I mean um, your spirituality shows up in 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 mm, spiritual music shows up in in jazz because it is a, um not an offshoot but i guess an an evolved um uh, cousin um yeah. of the oh. of the experience um you know to say like i i feel like gospel is a specific genre the same way spiritual um spirituals and um, um, blues is a specific type of, of music, but that's all a human experience. Um, yeah. And all of that ties into um, what jazz um, started as, what it became, what it, what it continues to evolve into. The same, but in, in saying that, I feel like it's, it's, you have to acknowledge that the gospel music has evolved too. Like even we were just talking about you know, starting out with hymns, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. when there is no instrument, the the human voice as an instrument harmonizes, and someone you know creates a bass line. Living inside, I mean, I, I haven't had the the pleasure of experiencing um, field hollers and and gullah and Geechee and and all of that, which is very specific to South Carolinian music. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is um, very. Very, uh, very influential, very influential area of South Carolina where the music was, uh, gospel music was kind of rooted into into the, the into the freedom movement to, in a lot of aspects here. And in the lower half of South Carolina, you want to spe- specifically talk about that. And I, I would say, I would say my area, Aiken, Aiken downward, probably down through the lower half of South Carolina, um, Beaufort. That area uh, mm-hmm. on on down to Charleston, it would be Hilton Head Island would be an area yeah. too, and so you have you have those areas of music uh, that's rooted in the in the southern side of South Carolina that kind of influence gospel music in in other specific areas across the country because of like you say most family members who are living in the south who migrated to the north they they took parts of their southern heritage with them and music was probably one of those cornerstone things that they could travel definitely. with. Definitely. That definitely reminded them of home because that right. was the only thing they had was the music. I know I have friends who come from the north to the south and come to church with me sometime and the first thing they when they come to church they're embroiled in the spirituality of the moment, but I think the music uh, does even more to embroil into the service because you're you're feeling the music. It's not as if you're just listening, but you're becoming a part of the actual um, production of the music, and that, that's something that is so profound, I think, in, 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 in gospel music, per se. Well, that was, I know, that was one of the things that I saw in a group that is actually from South Carolina called Branky Tanky. 
And I've had yes. the pleasure of seeing them in um, in performance at least four times uh, between all of 2017 and and now. And they 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 have this way of being so current and fresh, um, but also um, pulling back and and not just acknowledging but just embodying um, the musical, um, spiritual, historical roots of of South Carolinian music. And by the time, like, just from the first moment, um, I have to forget how many people are in the group, but, like, it's the rhythms and it's the call and response and it's the the the, the horns and the, oh, yeah. oh, my goodness gracious, they are just, and the woman that's, that leads that band, they all, there's, like, four singers that also play instruments, but the woman that leads that band voice is just, is just from somewhere else. <laughs> it's amazing. But we all, like, it's, we got like this call and response and everybody is standing up in their seats and dancing. It's like carnival or something. And we're just singing at the top of our lungs. And it's oh, yeah. all like every, you cannot, you can't not participate. That is something yeah. that's just so amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's something about that. It's something about that experience that just draws you into it. Uh, you want to, you want to be a participant. You want to feel good. You want to forget about the problems of the world and just, Take that ride on a song, you know, and that, that's that's yeah. a, that's a great that's a great part about music that I love. It takes you on a ride, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It, it takes you to that place where you want to be. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, about about your musical experience, about your about your growth growth in, into music. What, what what's one of the main things that kind of keeps you going? That that I think I can do this, and and it's going to be different. What what makes that what um, that one thing? Well, I I. I don't um, think about being different, you know, like it's not like you, the, the idea of let me, let's see, well, how can, how can I do music differently from everybody else? Like this is never a thought of, of mine because I, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I don't think in that way, I guess it's more like, all right, how can I, how can I say this? sing this song or play this song um, as authentically as possible? Like, how can I, how can I say it the way I would say it? Because um, Lord knows I can't sound like anybody but myself. I mean, you know, we play around and we have like impersonations and stuff. And one of a recent one, <laughs> it was uh, uh, Aaron Neville because Aaron Neville's uh-huh. voice is so very unique, and everybody knows. Like they, he used to have this commercial, uh, the touch, the feel of cotton, <laughs> and you know his vibrato is like the fabric yeah. You know that that is Aaron Neville, and you know when people are messing around like with his voice or with Michael McDonald's voice. One of the reasons why it is mm, kind of an easy uh, target is because their voices are so unique. I don't think they, you know, were like, let me see how I can be different. I'm just going to, you know. And then Michael McDonald just starts singing your life. You know, I think he just sings like that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but, one um, thing about Mr. McDonald that I love is that, 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 that flair he is that he likes, that he uses. And uh, that's the first thing that draws you in. They set up somewhere back in the lo- Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You just think <laughs> of the summer. You're thinking of the summer. But, but like, uh. imagine if someone else were, like, like, I love Prince, but if Prince, if Prince sang that song, it, it would, it just, it'd be a totally different song. Because first of all, he'd be all the way up here. Or something. Or the way down there, you know, <laughs> and it would be a different song. But like that whole, you know, that that Michael McDonald's sound. It's not just his voice; it's the way that he writes. It's you know the way that he phrases stuff. And I think that um, you know, a large part of that is 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 just you know what come what everybody's given something uh, at birth, and that that's. Those are part of the the kit, the tools in his toolbox, right? But right. I I know for me, um, I knew as a as a classical cellist or being trained classically. During that training, I was like, I'm not I I'm I don't want to play concertos. I don't want to be a solo cell, uh, a, a soloist. I don't want to. Uh, that's just not 
I'm not interested in doing that. I really love orchestral repertoire, but I also like playing stuff that, like, what if it sounded like this? And then I start playing. Or or I love the way bass, bassists, like, just, you know, that thump of the walking bass. Like, why can't cellists do that? And I didn't know that cellists do do that. There's no law that says you can't. You just got to do it and mean it. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, as I continue to, perform and, and write and play is just really more about being authentic than anything else and making sure that that yeah, I choose yeah. stories to tell that, you know, that that I can stand behind or if I sing a song that is not my own that I I can relate to it in some kind of way so that when I sing it, people also relate and they're just like, oh, that's a pretty song. Oh, my funny oh, song. Yeah. And that's great. You know. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing about the the, the aspect of how music uh, uh, relates to people in their in their moment is something that happens all the time. I mean, you have uh, something that in a lyric that that sticks with you long after the the, the performance is over, and so that it, for me that's that's one of the things that that draws me into certain certain genres of music. It's the lyric. It's what the writer was trying to convey to me. In that moment, so when I hear a musical performance that and it elevates you to that that particular lyric, then it, it makes you feel some kind of way. It makes you either feel sad, feel good, or it sparks a great memory, or it can spark pain. So those are some things that that happens when you listen to specifics uh, in a specific lyric or something. So I understand that. It, that's the aspect of a writer, you know, so yeah. it happens all the and, time. But it's also like the writing, the writing is, is I'm going I'm to share an example with you, Murray. So I, I joined this, um, I joined this uh, uh, small group um, of jazz musicians because I want to improvise more. I, I want to improvise as easily on my instrument as I do um, uh, through my voice. And when you are a professional musician and you've been doing this for years and years and years, I think it's, I, I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to um, to play at a, I, sh- I should, like I get caught up in the should. So I was like, you know what, I know that I just want to play more cello, so I'm going to go ahead and go to this group. So we, uh, well, on Thursday night, um, we call the tune, the standard called, uh, You Don't Know What Love Is. And... Uh, Thing number one is that <clears throat> a lot of uh, instrumentalists who don't sing, um, and I won't put it all on drummers because they don't have m- melodic lines or melodic instruments. Or, um, no, it's just instrumentalists don't either um, ask the question, and some, honestly, I've heard that they're just not interested in knowing what the lyrics are. And whenever there's a song that has lyrics, Trust and believe that the lyricist worked with the the this, um, um, the person who wrote the chord, who put the chords to, um, together. Um, they work together to make sure that what is being said through word is enhanced or you know is balanced and strengthened by what is said through the melody. And so when you have a song like you don't know what love is. Um, mm-hmm. And the melody is just like, I mean, it, it, listeners, just look up uh, uh, Billie Holiday's version of that with the words, obviously. Oh, yeah. She's singing about what you you don't know. You don't, you, you, and you best not even touch this song if you don't know what this sentiment is because it will, it will, it will fly past the listener if you can't convey what those lyrics really and truly mean, not just through the words, but also through how you're singing it. Mm -hmm. It's a a really um, tightly knit uh, uh, dance that happens between the lyrics and the, and the music to make sure that it's all um, effective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think most of the writers from, um, from a decade ago had a real sense of, where they were in in those moments in their in, in their creation, I think one of one of my musical 
loves is a writer like Michael Jackson, a writer like Prince, uh, Al Jarreau. I know I'm talking mainstream artists, but um, here in here at home, I would say there are several hymns that my father would sing that would come from an old black book he had that got passed down to him by 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 his parents and their parents, their, so on and so forth. And these songs were either handwritten or either printed out from from mm-hmm. decades ago. And those those songs and lyrics they would they would sing would like resonate with you because of of the moment that they were experiencing or something that kind of just set you off. You're like, huh? Yeah. What, what, what is that feeling I'm having? Yeah. And it, you don't know if it's if if it's because they were in pain or because they were expressing themselves. It was just something about those about the way the writing went. And so yeah. you move on into your youth and you listen to Michael and Beat It and, and, and Prince and 1999, and, uh, or you throw an with morning. Into, and it, it, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, it, it, when you look at musical genres over, a dec- over decades, and so I, I, I know when you're in a smaller setting, it, it seems to be more intimate. What, what are your, what's your thoughts on that? When you're in a smaller setting, Repeat, repeat the question, please. Like a small, in a small setting and you're performing uh, a song that inspired you. It may be a new one. It, couldn't, it wasn't an old one. It was something new. And you just wanted to try it and, and mm-hmm. just to see how people would respond to it. Well, I, um, I perform in, in different size, I'll say settings. Let's say settings. Um, and like, for example, um, this, this very scenario happened, uh, last Saturday. Um, it's a beautiful, uh, performance of, um, what they called, uh, musical tradition bearers. Um, and it was folk and jazz musicians. And some of them, um, were, um, national endowment of the arts, um, Heritage wow. award-winning um, harmonica players and just blues like you know Piedmont blues um, singers and guitar and just uh, just a beautiful beautiful situation. <clears throat> and where <laughs> I was like, I, why am I here? Because you have these amazing like iconic figures here that are carrying um, you know the folk and blues tradition from from yesteryear and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what I have to offer um, and so I have uh, I was telling you I was working with the kids and I brought my loop machine my loop station um, which is basically a, 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 a rectangular piece of equipment that has um, five um, tracks that I can um, sing into or play into and then um, press a button and it, it loops and I can harmonize with myself and I can add rhythms and stuff like that. And so in this, um, I brought a song <clears throat> that uh, was written by um, a woman who lives in New, uh, New York City. Her name is Grace McQueen. Mm-hmm. And it's called Gazelle. Um, actually, I, I know I'll be performing it uh, on the first and the second um, in Aiken. Cool. Um, yeah, and it is. It is uh, at times. It's always terrifying because it's it's new. It's a new song, um, but I think, regardless of whether I was performing it for the first time um, at a house concert or like Saturday for the first time was in a, um, a, a a place called the Vault, which is underneath. Um, it's like downstairs and looks like it kind of looks like a speakeasy. <laughs> uh, it's like a really, really classy juke joint. It's like it's really, really cool in Durham, North Carolina. And um, <clears throat> you know, I was just like, listen, this this song has an amazing story. And I brought my little mothership of of electronics in this space where we've got people that you know were have been playing music without any amplification or electricity on porches and, you know, and, and, and stoops and um, then oh. moving on to stages around the world to share this folk music, right? right. I was like, 
I'm just going to bring my little electronics and I'm going to do my thing. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I think, again, Murray, it always goes back to the integrity. It goes back mm. to, like, what, mm. what is, you know, are you being authentic in, in your story? Is, are you telling the truth? Are you being honest? Are you being transparent about what it is that you have to offer? If you go on stage, like, you know, all big in bed, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't hype yourself up, but, you know, of course you got to get a little courage and stuff because I always get a little nervous when I go on stage, but you can't be something that you're not because that's wow. so, and people feel that. And the last thing I want is for anyone to walk away from a performance <clears throat> not feeling... Um, said or like like I don't I don't I don't get on stage to perform for people. I get I do what I do because I have Lovely. something to share. It's yeah. it's the sharing. You you know it's it, it sound I, I I I totally understand where you're coming from because um mm-hmm. I have been in the same kind of vibe myself as a podcaster uh, you tend to want to be and desire to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think that is the greatest thing a person can do is be honest. And if right. you're on a stage and you're being honest, that is the best thing in the world. No, <laughs> you ain't lip singing to a track. You don't have the you don't have the curtain up, and you know you playing the track behind what you did ten years ago, and so that <laughs> or even that like, is know, like the, when had, that um, is the most deceitful thing a person can do if you are a performance artist because there are performance artists and there are studio artists, um, and so. When you see a live performance, it's different versus what's being done in a studio. So as I tell folks, when you go to a live show, that's going to be a little bit more different than what you would hear after the finished product. So honesty is the best policy, not just, you know, playing a live track. You know, the Grammys Grammys are coming up, right? Yeah, and they're talking about all the 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 different types of blends of acts that are going to be performing live on the Grammy show, which I look forward to every year. Just to kind of, you know, I'm I'm an old school head. I, I still love my old school flavors, and, and so I look I look forward to seeing these blends of musicians come together and perform. And then I thought about it. I said, wait a second, this is live TV. They can't perform like that in 12, in, in 12 minutes and then come over and do a, an award. So some of this is, is all tracked. So it's, like you said, it, there's, you well, need I mean, that everything, integrity. Everything has its place, you know. Like, yeah, it's like it, it, you, you need that have, integrity. The reality is that Grammys, um, or, you know, we're, I I won't I'm, I I want to say never but I I feel like it might be never. I don't want to say it, but you know, the the moment that Michael Jackson moonwalked across the stage. <laughs> it, changed, it, award, changed, it, just, it changed it changed everything. Every, it changed the world. Period. It, like that was that was history in the making. And I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen like something that monumentous uh momentous and monumental is it, it's not that it can't or won't happen again. It's just that I think adjusting expectations for certain things um, is is helpful so that we don't we're not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if we're supposed to be seeing a live show, um, <clears throat> if I if I want to see, <laughs> I still say it depends, right? I want to see Mary J. Blige live. I definitely want to see her do her dance thing that she does because that right there is on it. That's a perfect example of honesty. This is my, I am, I am getting my life out here and I don't care if y'all say I can't dance. This is how I get my life. And I don't care if y'all say I can't sing. Some people, you know, early, earlier shows maybe she, but she has done 
a lot of work to get her live show with all of that dancing and all the other stuff that happens that, you know, that you have to do in that genre of music where you get your hands up and you're yelling and you're jumping around. And I don't know about you, but I can't sing right when I'm breathing hard like this and jumping and dancing and doing the running man and stuff like that. And then you expect me to sing in tune as well. Hmm. Okay. And then maybe there's a sound guy that's not paying attention and I can't hear in my monitors, which Mariah Carey always says, somebody else. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you are telling me that it's a live show, then I need for you to be honest about what that means. If if it's Janet Jackson, I know that I love Janet Jackson not because of her voice, but because her dance moves and her, like, the production of the right, show is right, awesome. Right, so if I right. go, I'm going to go see Janet Jackson's live show. I'm not going to go listen to Janet Jackson sing because then I'm living in a delusional reality. Janet Jackson is not going to be singing. No, she's not. I mean, what you're hearing is is Janet before the live show. Yeah, but Janet's live show is not necessarily like every, I won't say everybody knows, but like, again, your expectation is you're going to see the show. You're not going to listen to a live concert of Janet Jackson like, because then you'll be disappointed. But you'll hear the music, and hopefully it'll be everything and more. That you, And half the time, you're going to be hearing your, the people behind you, in front of you, and on the side of you singing, you know, let's wait a while so you have to sing, hear her sing anyway. You know what I mean? So what's your expectation? So now, now we shift, and we go into, like, you know, into jazz world. And we oh, don't yeah. really have these conversations because – the whole premise and of of what jazz is is an exploration of of the music and whether it's through voice or instrument it's it's probably it's almost mandatory that it has to be different from what uh-huh. the recording is except for oh, the yeah. song form because jazz I would, is I would, I would think so I would think so in in, 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 in every in every sense of the word um, right. I, I hadn't I, I've I've, I've come in contact with a few artists that I had a chance to see live um, during my military service in an intimate setting, and they 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 were very good. And these were live performances, unedited, no no track system, just them, a guitar, and their voice, yeah. and, and an accompaniment of other musicians, and they sound very good. Mm-hmm. So... That integrity that you speak of is really, really important. I think every musician should understand it, the fact of integrity in their music creation. And so the, those things are what got you to where you are today. I mean, you, you, you have kids now going to studios and paying $200 an hour to record a track. And then the next thing you know, that track is on YouTube, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook. Da 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 da, and when you see a person live, you're going, "Did he really sing that to somebody else? <laughs> Did she really sing that to somebody else?" And mm-hmm. there's such a difference now, and and how the production of music is, I think, and and those influences of of integrity that you speak of so well, I, I think the the producers miss that point. You have all these shows now. You got the four. You have American Idol. You have The Voice, and so it's it's. But you know I, what? But you know what? I think I think again the expectation and adjusting expectation. Like if the conversation is about, you know, entertainment versus right. arts and culture, those are two very different things. If you're talking about honing arts and culture and it's a craft, then you know, then it's not fair to to put the expectation of what is on The Voice and America's whatever, because those shows exist for, and 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 to a to a detrimental degree, they're adjusting people's expectations of what of of what you should be experiencing when you go to a live show. It's not oh, the yeah. same thing. That's TV, oh, yeah. and and then there's. Yeah what people do for real. <laughs> and the, the, and that, what people do for real means that a song, like everybody is not going to, um, is, is not going to be belting and wailing 30 seconds into the song because 
in honesty, a show, you shouldn't you shouldn't be um, sitting ante waiting for somebody to like to to impress you with with the ups and downs of their voice. Thirty seconds oh, yeah. into the into the song, that's not how oh, yeah. it goes in real life. Oh, um, I agree. I so, agree. You know, with with all due respect, I, if we're talking about comparing, you know, TV to what I do for a living. Uh, maybe no, we can no, talk more no, about no. what I do for a living, and like, cause, because you see TV all the time. Like, you can oh, yeah. on TV, you can go to YouTube, whatever, and see how people are trying to keep up with having someone turn around in a big fat chair and press and like validate that you can do, that you that you're talented. That's I, I that really bothers me because then children that are watching this think that that's what the expectation yep. is, and then yep. when you go on stage that you have to, like, knock people's socks off with with perhaps if you're singing a way that is, right. you know, like Adele, she's not going to be able to sing too much longer. She keeps impressing people with the way that she that's sings because she's had exactly. vocal surgery over and over and over. So okay. hopefully, you know, we can right. get back to where we're, we're, we're making music and, and making art and not just, you know, Performance doing stuff. that other stuff, yeah. Yeah. Performance. Let, let's mm-hmm. talk about let's talk about your work with the children, and you, you touched on it. What 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 are one of the things that the kids ask you the most <laughs> when, when you have when you have their full attention? You say, okay, it's questions questions and answers time. What's the first thing well, the kids ask you? I should say what the one of the first things that the kids ask me coming into the classroom, what they'll ask their teacher is, um, is she famous? <laughs> or, do, you, do you know any famous people? And you know, have you played with famous people? And I'm oh like, oh my goodness! Um, I I start laughing because I'm you know I'm like I I don't want to I don't want to get into semantics with you know with it. Uh, kindergartner or a fifth grader or anything in between about, you know, well, what do you define as famous? Because I don't, I don't, you might be like, you know, like Justin Bieber, have you ever played with Justin? Do you know, do you know New Direction? Do you know them? You know, I don't, no, I I don't. Um, (laughs) But that, that either validates or invalidates me in the eyes of a child, right? So I, I, if that's the first thing, like coming into the class, and it usually is the first thing, you know, I try to divert um, to the task at hand <clears throat> because a lot of times kids will, like if I'm playing cello, um, then, you know, they might, uh, like they they wouldn't know that Cirque du Soleil, um, which is the company that I was performing with for uh, the last five years from 2011 to 2016, and I performed um, in different um, states and different countries um, as a cellist and a vocalist for this big, you know, machine of a of a of a, uh, a company um, that puts out the most beautiful productions um, that a lot of people have ever seen before. Um, mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make me famous? I don't, not necessarily, because I was working for that. You know, it wasn't Shauna Tucker and Cirque du Soleil. It was. But to be a part of Cirque du Soleil is a significant um, uh, thing on my resume. It's not. It's not. That's not an everyday thing. So, so we don't talk about the relativities of, you know, of, of what being famous is. But um, a lot of times they'll ask me, "When did I start playing?" Um, kids have a very honest way of, you know, putting two to, two and two together. If I tell them I started playing when I was eleven. Um, and then they're like, you know, well, well, how, how long, how old are you now? And, you know, the teacher's like, oh, oh, you're setting yourself up with something. You're setting yourself right. up with something. <laughs> but if I tell them, you know, they're like, oh, wow, you're so, you're so old. I'm like, thanks. Well, but you only look like you're like 30. Oh wow! Can we please write a song? Can we please? Can I please perform for you? Can Can we talk about you know, um, you know what sounds the wind makes? What you know, and then we have to like shift into whatever the lesson is. Um, but uh, yeah, they they ask them very interesting. Do I have a dog? Uh, do I have a son? 
Why isn't wow. he here with me? <laughs> Why have any kids? You know, they're very they're very nosy. <laughs> very nosy. Hey, get folks. real personal real fast. <laughs> but hey, I take folks, that as a compliment. Uh, oh, I, I bet, I bet. Hey, yeah. folks, this is the Sky Shout Radio podcast, and we're on with our with my special guest, uh, Shanna Tucker, and we want to thank Shanna for being on with us this morning. Uh, uh, we've been talking about your experience working with the children as we draw close to the end of the of, of the interview. Can you talk about what can the folks of Aiken expect with your performance when you come to Aiken in February? Um, well, you should absolutely expect uh, to be um, a part of the performance. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Um, don't, don't, don't get scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to yell at you to, you know, clap, come on, if you keep, you know, some, I, I find that to be a quite jarring experience when, uh, when, that, when I'm in the audience and someone is, is making me clap, right? Um, I think what I know, what I mean is m- more like, you know, yes, I play cello and the cello has this very interesting way of, making people um, that just sort of go back into that uh, concert etiquette 101 where you have to be quiet and this is classical and, 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 shh, and clap, 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 and then be quiet. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, this is not so sterile. Come on, you guys. If you like what you're hearing, it's okay to be like, yeah, or, mm, or clap, you know, I, I guarantee you that you're not the only person in the audience that, maybe wants to snap or like, you know, move a little bit. You're not gonna be Yeah. Well we we're, we're only we're only thirteen miles away from the home of James Brown, Mr. Oh. Dynamite. So oh. come on. Come on Wait. now. Okay. Well I'm just saying like <laughs> if it's already ingrained, that's great. I just don't want people to see the cello and be like, Oh 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 it's classical. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. But we have to act right. No dancing. No, it's not that. Um, but, uh, let me straighten my tie. Let me straighten my tie up a little bit better. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, sit up straight. No, no, get comfortable. Get comfortable, and you know, definitely um, move on. Like you know, just 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 go with your instinct. If you feel oh, wow. like you should like be moving your neck a little bit and grooving, then groove with us. Um, we have uh, quartet. Uh, I'm bringing um, piano, bass, drums with me. Um, I'll be playing a little guitar too, and I I I tell stories not just with my songs or through song, but um, selfishly I'm I always wish that other performers, other artists would give a little bit more backstory on the songs that they write, right? Um, because some things, I mean, there's a mindset that you may not want to destroy with the um, where a thought, where a, a person a listener will place uh, the sentiment of your song in their lives, um, but sometimes I just got to tell y'all, you know, this song I wrote this song on Highway 85, and I had two bad at sweet kids in the back, and they were fighting, and I was about to pull the car over, and then this woman is driving next to me, and she's on her phone, and she's in every lane, and I was like, get out of the fast lane, lady. Jeez, you're talking on your cell phone, and I was like, "Huh? That's, that's a song, right? Get out the fast lane, lady. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! You know, so people want to know because if they don't, then they're they're pleasantly surprised that a song like this could come out of an experience where you, a real experience of having some bad kids in the back and somebody on their phone in the front, and you just like, instead of having road rage, write a song. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. what some experiences to share with everybody? I, I, you know, something, yeah. and the, the thing that I look forward to is is the fact that um, I'm going to get to experience a a a a moment that I've I've been looking forward to because I've been wanting to do something in a, in an intimate setting, um, go to a an event that's kind of in the intimate setting, like the like the Performing Arts Center, because that's more mm-hmm. of a of a cultural aspect versus uh, a 20,000-seat arena 
So uh, this is going to be great for me because, and it's going to be great for my for my fiance because we we've we've wanting we've been wanting to find something that was uh, uh, culturally um, exciting for us to attend. You know, there's always those big performance shows, but to go to something in an intimate setting where there's cultural influences and and Integrity in performance is something that I look forward to. And uh, yeah. I hope everybody who has a chance to listen to this audio feels the same way that I feel, you know, that they're going <laughs> to enjoy themselves. I, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, we're we're going to have fun. Like, as long as people remember, and, I, and I, I do say this a lot, too, because I feel like we, I see it. I, I grew up in, um, in, you know, music class where we were taught this concert etiquette and and the sort of unspoken was that the musicians the whoever the the um the actors they're performing for you and the reality from being on stage it's been my experience it continues to be my experience that it's not a for we are performing like this this experience is with everybody and the energy that y'all are giving from the audience when you are when you're experiencing, you're all up in your feelings. <laughs> Fast song, funny song, angry song. Mm-hmm, girl, I know that's right song. Like, you know, all of those types of feelings, they manifest and they come back in this beautiful wave of, of energy that makes our show better in real time. And then we give that back to y'all through our music. And you appreciate it and it comes, it's just like this whole, like, thing, it's a community experience. So I don't ever want to um, misrepresent myself by saying, yes, we're going to perform for you. There's no bridge. There's no gap between what's happening on stage and what's happening in the audience. Everybody needs that that energy and that, that positivity and that goodness that happens when music is experienced live and together. So, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. It's, yeah. it's the kind of thing that makes you happy. And you feel so good about it once you once you experienced it for the first time. I know I, I I'm looking forward to this to this performance. It's going to be a great time, folks. We are on with Shanna Tucker here on the Sky Shout Radio podcast, and and again we we we're, we're wrapping up this 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 lovely interview. Shanna, what, what what before we go, what 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 do you want to say to 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 the folks who may listen to this audio in Aiken? Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that at least one person listening is probably like, hmm, where can I find out more? Where can I hear about this awesome chamber soul music that y'all been talking about? Um, if you can, you can, you can go to my website is shaunatucker.com, S-H-A-N-A-T-U-C-K-E-R.com. I'm on my music, uh, my CD is called Shine and it is available wherever you would normally download or stream. Um, if you want a hard copy, you can get it from my website or CD Baby or Amazon. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or on Twitter. It's just my first name and last name, Shauna Tucker. Um, and I don't know, Murray. I don't know what else somebody would want to know about me that they couldn't find in those places. Besides I do know that the show is almost sold out on Friday, Friday the 2nd. So check at the box office, <clears throat> excuse me, at um, the AECOM, uh, Aiken Performing Arts. So just go to AikenArts.com and just check those, um, check those, those, those dates because Thursday might be your only option, Thursday the 1st. Might okay, wonderful. Left for so the, the, the Thursday show is not sold out yet, but the Friday show is sold out already. I um all, I I don't think it sold out. I didn't get a sold out notification, but it was like close to ninety percent sold. So if you go on Friday, you better get your tickets like sooner than later. Don't wait. <laughs> Definitely going to do that. All right, folks. We're we're ending this interview with Shannon Tucker. Shannon, we want to thank you for coming on and doing this interview with us right here on the show on the, on oh, the Sky Show Radio podcast. It was great having you on. What a, what a great dichotomy we have. And I hope you come back and do some more interviews with me and, and oh, share your fun. music. And share share some of your musical experiences, especially working with children. Um, I love of hearing people being mentors and uh, being a mentor myself. I understand 
the responsibility of integrity. Well, that's the word I'm going to have to use this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me that one. I, I, I appreciate it because <laughs> it, 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 it's going to help when, I, when I'm when i standing up in front of my class this week. Uh, I can share yeah. with, with the guys uh, that they have to have their integrity intact. So They have to hey, have folks. their integrity, yes, and, and, their, and be vulnerable because then that, that's where the good stuff is. Don't you got that high. right. That's hey, folks, this is a special out radio podcast, <laughs> Community Call. We always Shanna Tucker. Shanna, I want to thank you for being part of the show. and uh, we go, We're looking forward to having you in Aiken, and I hope you get a chance to explore around once you get here. I do, too, and I hope that when you come to the show that you introduce yourself. So I, sure will. I sure will. Okay. I sure will. I sure will. I'll make sure I come <laughs> okay. and, and, and speak to you and uh, let you know about this, this, this lovely little town we call Aiken. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Marie. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.